Hello and welcome to Cybercrime Investigations. The wild hunt for the WannaCry hackers with Jeff White and Glenn Goodman. Right, so previous episode, this is episode two. Previous episode, we heard about... This episode one. Was one. I believe. Yes, we're doing it numerically. Um, Interesting. We heard about the WannaCry cyber attack. Yes. The ransomware attack, scrambled people's files, charged them a ransom to get their files back. Screwed up the NHS for a while. Screwed up the NHS for a while. People paid the ransoms into a Bitcoin wallet, one of three. I traced where the Bitcoins went, because you can do that with Bitcoin wallets. And I traced all the money, the vast majority of it. Mm. I mean, I lost bits here and there, but the vast majority of it ends up in one wallet. Now, I should say ends up in, I should be clear about that. That's not necessarily where it ends up in for good, but it all goes through that wallet. Okay. So the key thing is, whoever... All of it. Every bit of it came back to that one wallet. I managed to... I think of the 80 bitcoins traced, I managed to find 30 of them or something going through that wallet. It's pretty good. But that's only because I didn't manage to trace the others because it was... Like, it... It's just too much hassle. It wasn't like I think the other ones went elsewhere. It's just I couldn't, for forensic reasons, trace all of them. You Why? Know, well, oh, okay, well, so... <laughs> Come on, this is a... We've got a whole podcast to fill here, so Im- you tell me. Imagine, imagine 100 bitcoins gets paid in ransoms. Yeah. When they, when they laundered the money... Yeah. They took maybe, I don't know, 90 bitcoins over into this wallet, and then 10 bitcoins into that wallet. Yeah. Now, from then on in, it goes into other wallets and other wallets and other wallets. So what I'm doing at each stage is I'm chasing the bigger bit of money. I'm looking for the 90 bitcoins. I'm trying to trace where that goes. I just didn't follow the 10 bitcoins. Okay. Because the bigger... What's happening is each time it's transferring from wallet to wallet, the amounts are getting smaller and smaller. But is it possible that the 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 uh, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that you're mm. so desperately searching for could have been found at the end of one of those other paths where the tiny amount of bitcoins had gone. Well, no, because when I followed... You've got three wallets with all the money in. Yeah. When I followed the bigger bits of money from those three wallets, those bigger bits of money ended up all then converging, reconverging on that one wallet. Yeah, so I'm saying maybe some of the smaller bits mm-hmm. that went off on tangents to yeah. heaven knows where. Yeah. Uh, if you had followed some of those tiny little paths, is it possible that at the end you would find that the Bitcoins go to Mr. John Smith's bank account? Oh, I don't know, maybe. But, I mean, look, come on, give me a break. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> you only wasted six months of your life on this. Like, you could have wasted a year well, and then bit... found this out for This me. bit, this bit, the tracing of the Bitcoins took a few weeks, you know. But I'm still, that's still quite a lot of time. I mean, yeah. Okay, all right. You're only one guy. And also, I, you know, look, I, I got to this one wallet and I thought, bingo, whoever owns this has either knowingly or unknowingly laundered the money. Yeah, fair enough. So, you know, as a result. Right? I'll let you off the, all okay. the little paths, the tentacles, let's call them. But that's, you know, I've got a wallet address, I've got a string of letters and numbers that, that, that is the Bitcoin wallet where this money ends up. Yeah. And I want to link that to a person because I want to put them on telly and go, look, this is the person. Yeah. Um, so I'm an investigative journalist, you know, been doing this a few years, got access to all the tools. Yeah, you've been around a while. You're grizzled. I'm grizzled, you know, yeah. And so I took You're a the, gumshoe. I'm a bit of a gumshoe. So I took this Bitcoin wallet address. Yeah. And I, I put it into a thing called Google. I don't know whether you... I know. 
it's this it searches websites Incredible. just like automatically so instead of going to the websites each and every one you yeah. can just use this to look at stuff that's on those websites interesting so it's kind of like a library catalog yeah like sort a, of like a yeah like a like library microfiche like microfiche <laughs> so i put the wallet into google yeah and i found a computer gamer what just a, a just a guy a dude a dude right. a dude so it, it's it was on a, a a website called steam steam is where a lot of computer gamers hang out I've been known to hang out myself you, a little hung on Steam. Got a, care to share your username on Steam? Have you got a... <laughs> oh. Big Shooter 23. <laughs> no, I, I, I know Steam because it's like the main platform for downloading games onto your PC and it buying is. and downloading games. It is. I don't actually chat to people on Steam. I'm not one of those types. Okay. But I know that people do. It's a community as well as a downloading platform. It is. It is. It's an, uh, And it's where computer gamers get together. So as you say, download the game. And also, but also to to trade. And this was the interesting thing. I found this Bitcoin wallet address on the profile of a guy called Two Clicks. <laughs> two Clicks with a Z. Two Clicks McGee. Two Clicks. Hi. Right. Um, so I'm like, well, this is interesting. Why has a computer gamer got a Bitcoin wallet? Yeah. On his profile. What I didn't understand. When you say on his profile, yeah. what, what do you mean? Well, there's his. There's a, there's a picture which is a picture of some celebrity who I hadn't, who I didn't know, and then there's his name, two clicks, his username, yeah, and below it is here's my Bitcoin wallet address, right? And it's the wallet address into which uh, at least half the ransom money goes. Why That's is he his... publicly telling everyone what is? I mean, not that it's a secret, but why? Is, why? Because because. Um, there's this thing with computer gamers called skins, which you may have come across. Yes. You, you, if you have a gun or a weapon in the game, you can customise it. Yeah. And then that's called a skin. Yeah. And people... So sometimes... If you, you might know more about this. Sometimes it makes the weapon better. You can, yeah. Well, yeah. this is kind of like how a lot of mobile apps that don't even charge for the game... Um, make their money. You download the the little silly ah, game onto okay, your yeah. phone, yeah. and it's free, and you play it. And maybe there are a few ads, and they make some money that way. But usually, the main money is made by people spending five pound ninety nine yeah. on a stripey look to their gun. Right. Or whatever. Okay. Yeah. 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 So this. So so two clicks is selling a lot of skins. Like he sold thousands of skins. Wow. So, so he designs them himself. Uh, I, I think so. Right. I don't really understand how that works. He's got lots of skins. He's selling them. And so that's why he's got this Bitcoin wallet. Okay. But he's also, what's interesting about two clicks is yeah. the particular game he's playing, and this will become relevant as well later. The particular game he's playing is called uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Oh yeah. Very yes. popular game. Which is very popular, but also very popular with cheaters. Yeah. So these are people who... And this is, again, the thing I didn't realise about computer gaming is... is in, my, in my day, when I was a youth, you, you would buy the thing on a tape, like a cassette tape back yeah. in the day. And you would load it in, and you were playing the game on your computer. Yes. Right? Whereas now, Counter-Strike Global Offensive... When you download the game, you're actually just downloading like a window into the computer server on which the game is being played. Yep. So all the players, they're all just dialing in to the same server so that when they're all... And they're all playing against each other. Yeah? You're it's saying just, this like this is a new idea. It is to me. I have I've a computer been, games. I've been doing that for like 20 years. So you're playing against people from around the world and you're all playing yeah. in the same battle space. And 
obviously it's it's nice and and kind of relatively seamless now Mm. but certainly even 10 years ago certainly 15 years ago it would be very frustrating because you'd be playing on dial-up connections and you'd often find that some players had a better connection and therefore had a a big advantage over others um so i take it the cheaters that you're referring to are perhaps taking advantage of a similar phenomenon in the modern day exactly From, from what i understand of this you can you can tweak so imagine if you could tweak the program so that everybody else's bullets were moving in slow motion. Yeah. You could avoid them, obviously, you know, a lot easier. So that's what they do. They try and tweak it so that either they get a faster connection or they tweak the program so that they see things before, almost before the other players see them Cause, happen. Yeah, because there's always a lag. Yeah. And as I say, I mean, in 15 years ago, there would be massive lags of mm. several seconds if you were sometimes if you're on a very slow connection. I guess even in this day and age, you will still get you know a microscopic yeah. lag between pressing your key and the thing moving. And so I suppose if yep. some players are able to reduce that just even by a tiny amount, yep. then they've got a massive advantage. Yeah, and it's interesting. So this guy two clicks is is not only a huge player of Counter Strike Global Offensive. Yeah. So he has. He has. I showed his stats to a friend of mine who works in the gaming industry, and he said that is just off the charts. That this guy must be playing sixteen hours a day. He's got these incredible statistics about how many people he's killed in this game and all this kind of thing. He's doing a lot more than just two clicks. Well, he's doing. <laughs> he's also selling his skins and selling these things, and that's why he's because he's got this whole existence. And he's also he's on um, a thing called Hack Forums, which is where hackers hang out, and there's a whole bit of Hack Forums dedicated to kind of game cheats and stuff. Right. So I'm starting to think, well, how does he sort of tie in to, to this whole ransomware thing? Or does he? I mean, has he just, you know, he says he has this Bitcoin wallet. Is it his wallet? So I start going back to Google with the wallet uh, address. Because I'm thinking, well, two clicks, I, I can't really pin him down to a real person. And then I found a whole bunch of other references on Google to this wallet. Yeah. This wallet into which the ransomware money went, that it was laundered through, appears on a whole bunch of get-rich-quick Bitcoin trading sites. In what capacity does it appear? When you go on the site, and there's, there's like a half a dozen of these sites, but they're all basically they're the, roughly the same design, slightly different graphics, but it's the same design. Yeah. They all say, we can double your money in three days. <laughs> Which you must, yes, you've seen this kind of... Well, as as a cryptocurrency trading expert... Give us your informed view. Well, I mean, on my, on my Facebook page, I spent um, quite a large part of the end of last year when everybody was going Bitcoin crazy. <laughs> well, it went up to 20 grand. Yeah, I was just being messaged by people constantly going, oh, have you seen this site where they can double your money in three days? And I'd say, it's a scam. Yes. And then it's like, I just, I had an auto reply, it's a scam eventually, <laughs> because there was just so many yeah. people doing exactly yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, just, a, just a quick tip for any budding traders or investors out there. If anybody guarantees you hmm. to make you a certain percentage of money within say a month or a week it's nearly always a lie there's a 99% chance that it's a complete lie and they will just take your money and disappear into the into the internet and this this just to point out with one of these sites um, uh, coin profit zone it was called I yeah. did make a test purchase I sent them I think 10 pounds right I never saw that money again nor you never I, 
Who would have thunk it? <laughs> and you were expecting double. I know. And being a freelance, I, I can't claim that on expenses. <laughs> um, so I, I went to these sites. The, Is it write-offable against tax? At least? I, I, hmm, interesting. <laughs> um, I went to these sites, and what was interesting was... The wallet address where the ransom money went through yeah. is listed on these sites. And it says, there's this big section with Why Trust Us written above it. And in that section, Why it, indeed. it gives the Bitcoin wallet address. And it says, here is our Bitcoin wallet address. If yeah. you want to look us up and see what we're doing, have a look at this wallet address. And of course, when you click on it, there's loads of money washing through it. Loads. Right. It looks like this company is making megabucks because this is their wallet. Yeah. Okay, and it's the money washing through it is money that's been stolen from Partly so. the NHS and Partly people so. like that. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, so I scroll down, and there's another bit which is about us. And it says, it gives the company name. Yeah. And it says, we are based in the UK. We've been trading since, I think, 2014. Here is our company's house registration documents. Wow. And I open them up, and I cross-reference them against company's house. And it's a real company. Wow. I then do a lookup. So you can you can look at who's registered the websites yeah. originally. So if you set up glengoodman.com, you have to register it with some details. So I look at who's registered all these sites. And it's the same guy who runs this company. And he lives in Croydon. In Croydon? In Croydon. Oh, it's just around the corner from, from you, isn't it? I do, I, like, I do like a cyber criminal that I can visit using an Oyster card. That's, that's one of my favourite things, when I can just hop on a bus and get to them. So, you know, I get very excited at this point. I'm like, my God, you know, I found the guy who, you know, laundered the WannaCry money, the WannaCry money, and, and he lives in Croydon. It's brilliant. He's not on the superhighway. He's no, in Croydon. he's actually... So, you know, I'm street viewing his address, and this is a, a kind of house, terraced house. And um, So at this point, of course, I go... I went to Channel 4 News, you know, who I worked for and freelance for, and... So I've got, I've got this thing, so it's very exciting. Um, we tried emailing the guy, we tried calling him, no answer. So the next thing is to go and doorstep him. Yeah. And, and there's a, all sorts of health and safety things kick in at this point, because as far as we're concerned, this guy, you know... He's a major criminal. He's a crook, yeah, millions of, millions of dollars of money, stolen money is going through his account. So, you know, we... we oh, has he registered... Did he file any tax returns through Companies House, by the way? He, he didn't. And his company didn't seem to be showing... I mean, it was tiny amounts of money. It didn't look like it'd done the thing. It had a couple of hundred quid or something. Okay. Those very little... The Companies House documents didn't show a lot. And sort of... <laughs> I'd love it if there was a tax return. 80 bitcoins <laughs> were made in profit this year. <laughs> Receivables. 80 bitcoins. Yeah. Expenses. Ferraris. Um, so we, 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 we staked out this guy's house for a day just to make sure, like, you know, is this address legitimate? Is there somebody there? Yeah. The guy had a, a very distinctive surname that, that, that's common in a particular country. So we're looking for somebody of that ethnicity. Is there somebody there? We had his date of birth from the company registration documents. Yeah. So we're looking, a guy came out, seemed to match that age, all this kind of thing. of like, And then there's this thing of, well... If he comes out and he chases down the street with a gun, what are we going to do? There's all this sort of, you know, scenarios you have to go through. Yeah. Because it's, you know, serious. And then it's crunch time. We're going we're gonna to approach this guy with a camera and we're going to do the whole cook report, confront him with the evidence. Yes. Thing. And I'm, I'm worried about this because you only get one chance. You'll know this from working in TV. You, you only get one chance. You can't stumble over your words and then go, wait, could you, 
could we do that again and could you express surprise again that I've approached you in this street you know I hate that I hate that moment yeah just that I only got one chance what if I mess it up and this guy had a really complicated surname so I was in the car practicing a surname over and over and over again because I thought I've got to A you've got to say his name yes because he's then got to identify himself so you know you've got the right person Exactly. So if yeah. you mispronounce it, you'll still be using that yeah. footage because it's the only shot you've got, but you just will appear racist. <laughs> racist or incompetent. One or the other. Or Neither the other. are good. <laughs> so, 6am, the lights go on. We pile out of the car. We follow this guy down the street. Yeah. And from the moment he turns round, I was just like, this doesn't... This isn't right. That that's not the reaction you get. He turned around with this really benign look on his face, like as if we were going to ask him for directions or something. Like you know. It, it... But then why would he be expecting journalists, even if he was a criminal? Well, because if you if you're running that kind of enterprise, I've had this before, where you chase people down the street, or you know, you you approach people in the street. Some sometimes they run, but even if they don't run, they know what it's about. Okay. There's this there's this moment where they turn around and they're. They go. They clock it instantly. Like, right, camera. This must be about that thing. Up, but you, you can see the moment of realization. Usually, right. I've not done it masses, but you know, it just didn't fit. The guy just turned around and he just looked nice and friendly. And so, you and know, your heart melted. Well, no, <laughs> I know I went at him, and I, I, I laid. And also, the accusation was quite difficult to describe. It's taken us half an hour, yeah, to describe. So I then have to in thirty seconds in the street describe to him what the allegation is in a way that he might understand and put it to him and then we sort of put the microphone on it on him and it was just obvious he had no idea okay he had absolutely no idea what we were you were about. absolutely sure about that you could yeah. just tell he, he didn't even know what bitcoin was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good defense it's, i have to say you know and he sort of he said going on i think he had a brother who he said he, he my brother got involved in bitcoin is this about him kind of I said, no and what really did it was the cameraman. He, the cameraman's obviously looking through the viewfinder. So yeah. he's completely focused on this guy's face. And afterwards, the cameraman said he was, he was just baffled and bewildered and trying to help us. And in the end, he said... You realise the cameraman's in on the whole thing. <laughs> Damn it, he's two clicks. He's the gamer. <laughs> no, what did it actually in the end? The, the guy in the street said, should we go to the police now with this? Which if he's the cyber criminal, that's a really... You know, that's a hell of a bluff. <laughs> that really is. So, um, I felt like a knob. <laughs> Honestly, because I have to then go back to Channel Four News. Yeah. Look, we couldn't have, we couldn't have done it. We had to go there to come back. We had to do it in order to find out he wasn't the right guy. Channel Four News must be used to fishing expeditions that don't work out, surely. Um. Well, it, we didn't. You've got to have a certain amount of evidence to even do that. You can't just go up to somebody in the street. So yeah. we, we had all of what we thought was the evidence. The only way we could work out if it was true... Was to give was it a go. give it a go. So... Um, but anyway, I don't understand why this guy is not connected. That doesn't... I mean, the evidence point... The evidence you've given me so mm. far points unequivocally to that guy. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it does. Other evidence, which I'm about to explain now, points unequivocally somewhere else. <gasps> so, <clears throat> I get really annoyed by this because I don't like being wrong. I'd found the guy in Croydon. Reggie was the man. Reggie's not the man. I'm then annoyed and I went into a defensive crouch of investigation, which then lasted several months. And I'm like, well, who... If Reggie's innocent, 
who's hijacked his company? Because what they've done is they've they've found a company on a company's house. Yeah. That's dormant, effectively. A shell. A shell. And they've grabbed the company documents. They've registered a whole bunch of websites in in this name. They've used the documents. Well, who's done that? Who's because those people actually are the ones who run the wallet into which the ransom money is paid. Yeah. So I start looking on the internet for mentions of these get-rich-quick websites. So why did they use his company at all? Just to try and give their website some kind of credibility so that yeah. so that people would hand over their £10 like you did? Exactly so. Right. So these websites, they're set up to look professional. They have a, a UK company. They have a UK phone number, a UK address, which is the one Reggie used it's to... It's interesting. I've noticed a lot of these kind of um, scam websites... Uh, who are run by people all over the world, mm. quite often in places like Africa or the Middle East, very, very often they use UK or sort of pretend UK addresses. Mm. Well, maybe that is something to do with the fact that we have this searchable company's house mm. registry that makes it easy for everybody to kind of find the documents. Mm. Maybe other companies don't make it quite so straightforward. It's possible. I mean, you know, Britain has, a, I suppose, a reputation as being, you know, we have the Financial Conduct Authority and we have a reasonably astute government... We do have Companies House, but part of the problem with Companies House is, you know, I've been investigating companies where you turn up and it's one of those, you know, mailboxes, etc. One yeah. of those, like, post-restant kind of places. Not the you know, mailboxes, etc. aren't part of the scam or anything. It's just, you would have thought somebody at Companies House or HMRC would see the address and go, well, hang on, that's a mailboxes, etc. address. You can't, that, that can't be where your company is based. Mm. So I think Companies House is quite... It seems quite easy to get round that stuff, I have to say. It does. I, I, mm. I, I agree with you because, likewise, when people were telling me about, oh, you must invest in mm. this, and so I'm investigating, not not extensively, like, yeah, I'm talking like half an hour of investigation, not six months. But whenever someone would tell me about one of those things, I'd look at the website, I'd yep, find yep. the company's house thing, I'd look at the documents, and likewise, you'd kind of find out quite often that it, yep. it wasn't sort of that they were stealing someone's identity. It was genuinely, they'd set up a company, yep. they'd put some kind of virtually a P.O. box address. Um, and as you say, they were still allowed to kind of set these things up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so I'm, I'm doing my nut. I'm like, OK, uh, I need to find out who's stolen Reggie's identity, effectively, stolen his company. Yes. So I take these websites, CoinFX Pro was one of the other ones, and I stuck it into Facebook to see who'd been mentioning CoinFX Pro. Yes. And I come across a post by a guy called Eric Kelvin, from June 2017, so that's, that's a couple months after the attack, but before the money gets, gets, gets pulled out. Eric Kelvin is mentioning CoinFX Pro, and he's mentioning it on a Facebook page, get this, for fans of Counter-Strike Global Offensive. <sighs> so Eric Kelvin is now a person of interest. Right. I'm looking up Eric Kelvin, and I have to say... He's not a real, he's just not a real person, right? He's, A, his Facebook account is full of, so he, he gives away credit cards that aren't his. He's like, here's a credit card number, you know. It's not his credit card, it's, I don't know where he's got it from, you and know. He gives these away for free? Yeah. So he's a kind of a benevolent criminal? Mm, he's certainly benevolent. <laughs> He's, also, he's, he, he, at one stage, he's trying to buy a Facebook account, and uh, he's, he's plugging um, tools for hackers, uh, websites with tools for hackers and stuff. And all his friends are like, um, they've all got these anonymous masks, you know, the Guy Fawkes masks yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, 
the guy, the guy's just a liability. Like all he's using his Facebook account for is promoting his hacking activities and bigging up his friends. He also set up a page on Facebook, mm-hmm. and he pinned to the top of this page is his advert for CoinFX Pro. Right. And all the people, it's interesting. All the people who are engaging with this page, they're all uh, from uh, Nigeria or Ghana. Like there's a, there's a group of about a dozen of them who are getting involved and saying, okay, let's make some money, I can do this, I can do that. And it's this group of guys from Ghana and Nigeria. And I'm like, this is really interesting. This seems to be connected to the people who've stolen Reggie's identity and who are using the, the, the Bitcoin wallet into which the money flows. It's all starting to kind of make sense. Yes. I get in touch with Eric. Oh, how? Well, I set up a, a fake Facebook profile did you use a Guy Fawkes mask? I used... Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. And I got in touch with Eric, and I said, um, I'm interested in, in CoinFX Pro. Can you tell me a bit more about it? Right. Because, I mean, he's, you know, he's promoting it on Facebook, so yeah. it's not unfeasible that someone would get in touch and say, you know, what's this about? I'm interested. Yeah. We, and then he, he says... Um, I said, is there a secure place we can chat? Because I'm thinking if, if I can get like an email address for him or something that's not on Facebook, then that'll help me, gives me another bit of information about him, do you see what I mean, to try and chase, like if he had a phone number or something. So he gives me this messaging address, which is evilheart at blah dot whatever it was. Yeah. And this is, so this isn't like an email address, this is, you know, like um, Instant Messenger or Yahoo Messenger, you know these little messaging apps you can get. It's one of those, it's an encrypted one of those. Okay. So I'm like, okay, so I dial up Evil Heart and he's there and we chat and, and I'm like, so, you know, CoinFX Pro, is that, that's you? And he went, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, how much money have you made? You know, like, is it, and he, he reckoned he'd made 20 or 30 grand out of running this site as a sort of get rich quick scheme. For Why is he telling you that? Because he thinks that I'm going to invest. He thinks I'm going to get involved in the business. He thinks I might be of help to him. I'm just interested. I'm like, tell me more about this. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your, in your business. Shouldn't that make him suspicious rather than like, oh, this guy just wants to help? He was very quick to respond when he thought I could help and when he thought that I was possibly going to, I don't know, invest in the business or or do something for him. Very quickly, when it emerged that actually I was just pumping him for information, he loses interest and he he, he dials out. He's like, as as soon as it became clear that I wasn't going to give him lots of money or lots of help, he just wanted to stop the conversation. Okay. But before he did... He said, I've got a new scheme, he said. I've set up a website called ShapeShilt. S-H-I-L-T at the end, ShapeShilt. So, because there's a famous uh, Bitcoin exchange mm. website called ShapeShift. There is. And this is an exact duplicate of it. <laughs> yeah. ShapeShilt. ShapeShilt. Now, if you're not focusing, <laughs> you, that you could mistake the L for the F, right? So what he's done is he's set up a complete duplicate. And when you, when you went to the site, yeah. it's no longer up, but when you went to the site, it, it looked like ShapeShift. So the idea was you can use ShapeShift to swap Bitcoins for Ether, and you can swap yeah. different currencies, right, on it. Yes. This is an absolute duplicate of it. So the idea was you would get conned into putting your money into this yes. exchange that actually wasn't an and exchange. And then you just, well, yeah, you just give them your money and then that's the end. That's the end of the transaction. Yeah, yeah. You give them your money yeah. and that's it. Yes, <laughs> and there we go. Um, 
But why, why did he tell you about that? That's like somebody saying, oh, I've, you know, you've just met... He's just met you. Yeah. And he says, yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, rob a bank tomorrow. And it's this bank. It's just down the road over there. He, he, at the point he gave that to me, I think he still thought that I was going to be of help to him somehow. It's just so strange. He's so trusting. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. That gives me a new lead. Yeah. Because suddenly I've got a whole new website. So I went back to Facebook... I put in shape shilt yeah. and saw who was talking about that. There was only one mention of shape shilt by anybody on Facebook. Right. And it wasn't by Eric Kelvin. It was Reggie. No, it wasn't Reggie. Okay. It but was... Someone real. Kim Kardashian? No. I don't, I'm, just, I'm just throwing ideas out there into the ring. Finally, someone real. Next episode. Well, I have to wait. Yeah. Or you could just click to the next episode. <laughs> In the next and final episode, Tattooed Glamour Girls, the Californian heroin scene, and how I made an obsession wall out of Christmas wrapping paper.